My surprise. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so Uh wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Welcome everyone to Trailer Park 88 Special Halloween Edition. The best edition. The hosted by Daniel edition. And joining me, my cousin Nathan. Hello everyone. Yes, every year we take the fulcrum and give it its due. um, As it is... uh, what would you say, discriminated against, suppressed, and then this one time a year it gets to spread its wings and, and, and really demonstrate its power. Yeah, it really gets to fly this time of year. This is where it, it gets its respect. Uh, most of the time it endures jokes from everyone here about leaving, uh, condescension, a uh, round of size. <laughs> Tonight it's all fulcrum. Now it, this is where it gets to spastically penetrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let it loose, Nathan. Yeah, let it yeah. loose. And of course, it's not just us tonight joining us, more importantly, Amanda. Hey, Bay. Hey, Bay. Welcome, Amanda. Are you excited to be a part of the once a year Halloween all horror lineup? Well, I got to tell you, Nathan, I missed 87 and I wasn't sad about it. But let me tell you, I had to be here for 88. I had to be here for the all horror lineup to support my man. And this show, and I'm sorry to the cool million that I wasn't here with you last week. Mm. They accept your apology. Amanda, favorite horror franchise? Chucky. Mm. <laughs> Could have guessed it. Chucky. Did we just recently get a new Chucky? Oh, we got a new Chucky. We got a new Chucky. And don't forget, you thought this might be the one episode without him, but you were wrong. The intern. I will continue the massacre. Make this as painless as possible. What massacre are you Make referring this to? as painless as possible for you. Mwah. Uh... In turn, what is your favorite horror franchise? Uh, Pretty sure it's a nightmare. Aliens? <sighs> Aliens is a horror franchise. We'll accept it. We'll or accept sci-fi. It, you know. Or uh, the Hannibal series. Okay. Not bad. I'll take that too. Yeah. Nathan. Uh, there's too many for me to choose just one. Okay. Top 10. Well, because, ladies and gentlemen, I went on a journey. Okay. I was very against horror from the, from the get-go. And if you go back into the annals of the 100 Lunatics podcast, you will see. I was a fucking fuddy-duddy. A big one. And I slowly learned that horror isn't about being amazing. Horror is about being horror. And until you understand horror, then you need to just take a deep breath, take a step back, and just learn. Learn more about it. Don't just dismiss it. Just don't, you know. I mean, sure. Friday the 13th, there's a few really crappy ones, but there's also some interesting dynamics there. And after you watch all of them, you start to appreciate certain things. And then you sleep on it. And then a year later, you're like, you know what? That's pretty good. And then yeah, you, that's, that's yeah. part of the fun of a franchise is the up and the down. Is this going to be a shitty one? Is this going to be a good one? A weird one? A memorable one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nathan's been Voorheesed, which is like Stockholm Syndrome, but different. Right. Voorheesed. <laughs> Voorheesed. Put it in the books. Or Krugered. Oh, this is going to start something. 
Mm -hmm. And while we're speaking of franchises, I think it's a good time uh, to go ahead and transition into the idea of do they still is keeping franchise tra franchises alive still a thing? Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Are to we the getting point where it's weird, honestly? Because I feel like some of these friends, Chucky included, I feel like young people today, someone in their early twenties, why would they have any interest in a franchise that started before they were even born? Because horror franchises get this interesting longevity where it's just long enough that it stays popular, that it breaches into a new generation. And either the franchise itself <coughs> takes a turn in tone and matches the new generation, or it becomes like retro vogue hip to mm -hmm. like the old school horror. Mm -hmm. And they get stuck in this everlasting loop that keeps going and going. Because yeah. Chucky was 88. Yeah. That was the first Child's Play. We got Cult of Chucky this year. That's Child's Play 7, technically. Still going. Same director, same writer. Same Chucky. Same Chucky. And Brad Dourif, the guy who plays Chucky, his daughter is now the main character in the movies. And it's not just the first time. She was the main character in the previous movie as well. And uh, to a disturbing degree, looks like her dad. Looks just like him. Crazy eyebrows. And I bet, it should be, I bet she does like a badass impersonation of her father. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. I uh, want to take a guess at how many other franchises are still going this year. Well, Saw. Leatherface. Leatherface. Jigsaw. Yep. What, what, what parts are those? Jigsaw, was that part seven or eight of the Saw series? I'm going to say nine. Nine? I think it's seven or eight. We'll it's come back to that. Eight? In okay. turn, check those numbers. <laughs> Leatherface, this one is nearly impossible. I'm guessing hmm. on Leatherface, I'm guessing ten. You might be right. This one is really? very difficult to track. We're going to have to get a team on this one, I There's think. There's been so many remakes. <laughs> There's been a bunch of remakes and then like two separate remake timeline spinoffs. And then there was like a 3D remake. They didn't try at all to keep the series together. And I, even originally, the first three or four that came out, they didn't try then either. I thought this was supposed to be like a prequel. Yeah, but it's still, you know, They haven't a kept sequel. the story hmm. in any sort of comprehensible sequence or relationship. No, not at all. Although this one is probably a smarter one. They're going back and it's like Leatherface and he's a boy. It's mm -hmm. about the family business of just kidnapping strand <laughs> stragglers and turning them into meat. So that's really interesting. And it has a component of horror that I feel is vastly underutilized. And maybe that's a good thing, which is realistic sound effects for guns and knives. Chainsaws. And chainsaws. Like it's always, I know that was the first thing I noticed about this new Leatherface trailer was that all the gun sounds were real, like dead, kind of wimpy sounding, not Hollywood style. And it made everything seem that much more gruesome. All right, continue. What else has come out this year? Uh, Hellraiser 10? No, it's... In the works. To be announced. Okay. Uh, Exorcist Season 2. Okay. Exorcist <laughs> turned into a television show. Good one. About, I'll give it to you. Half point. It. Oh, fuck it. It. Oh. There we go. It was a remake. Like squashed. But that's, that's just a remake. Can you call it a franchise sequel? Yeah. Can you classify that as a franchise or just remake? But I think it's, I think it, it's merited in this conversation. Mm-hmm. There's probably a couple on here that you don't recognize. I think that everyone forget the beginning of this year, uh, Resident Evil 6. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, just a second. Um, I have something for that. <laughs> Continue. Is that Mila or is that Kate? That's Mila. Is, uh, does that mean that the Underworld one also counts? Didn't that also happen? I don't think it had one this year. Oh. But it's definitely a long-going franchise. And yeah, she, uh, Kate gets credit for staying through her franchise. And I think... 
Mila deserves credit for staying in this franchise, even though it's fucking awful. Resident uh, Evil is a bad horror franchise, but there it goes. Beckinsale, Beckinsale left and came back to it. So, I don't know. When she realized oh, they, Harvey Weinstein ruined her career. <laughs> That's right. Whoa. Whoa. No. Oh, fine. No. Good. Fine. Good. Oh, but oh, Resident Evil does. Well, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You gotta finish no, this up. No, you saw. You know, I'm gonna go further. I'm excited about the fact that I saw one of these on your list in theater <gasps> for a trash movie, Annabelle Two: Creation. Annabelle Two: The Start of a Franchise. Can it continue? I think it might. I think it will, and it's in the universe of a bigger franchise, right? Which, which... is kind of unique, I think. Well. Usually franchises in the horror field kind of take longer to start to cross over. You know, your Freddy versus Jasons and your Predators versus Aliens right, you later get like on. Right, seven to ten deep before you start thinking crossover. But this one, you know, we came out of The Conjuring and right off the bat made Annabelle, same universe, and it had its own thing. Conjuring still has its own thing as well. And then does all of that then exist in the larger, grander horror universe of Insidious? Yes, it does. Which is getting a chapter four. Of course it is. Oh, The Lost Key, something like that. Right, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, can I give a shout-out, even though it has totally unrelated to franchises, but can I give a shout-out to uh, Get Out this year, just because it is being celebrated by many award places? It's getting some legitimate attention. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other horror movies you could point out, but that one is getting mainstream award attention. Yeah, and uh, to Jordan Peele's credit, <clears throat> he, there's a lot in Get Out, in, in terms of like horror cinematography that he does a really yeah. good job with. You're like, whoa, this is this is higher class than I was expecting. He crushed it. I was impressed by Get Out. I liked it. Yeah, I did too. And the fact, I think the scariest scene to me, the one that always pops into my head first when I think of Get Out is when he's just uh, he's just like hanging out outside at that at that creepy people's house. And that dude, that dude in overalls is just like running as fast as he can towards him. Yeah. And then takes a sharp left turn. Yeah, that, that terrifying. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. I think that movie's that scene. All right, uh, ones you probably, you guys remember The Ring. Oh, Rings. Rings. What is that, part four or five, I think? That shit hit the ground fast. Hard. Which itself is a remake of the Japanese Ringu. The Ringu. I think it also has probably four or five. <laughs> and Amityville. Oh, Amityville oh. Awakening, the movie that will never get released. It, it did get released. It's on Netflix. Is it? Um, it got pushed it, it push back. A, on, a, on one of our trailers two years ago. Yeah, it got pushed back like a year and a half. I'm sure it's absolute garbage. For whatever reason, for all the franchises that have these long extending sequels, uh, Amityville has tried to be part of the pack and is technically in quantity, but I have never seen anything after the first one that looked like a movie, let alone tied into any sort of legacy. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the Ryan Reynolds one. Oh, the, that, that was itself a remake of the first one. Right. It was like, and it was probably half as good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You guys probably don't know Wrong Turn. Oh, Wrong Turn got a sixth installment? A seventh. Oh, seventh. Sorry. I was close. Yeah. Now, if you want to go back to Wrong Turn 5, Bloodlines, <laughs> we'll get a very unique and chubby... Uh, are, you, are you putting... Doug, Doug Bradley. Oh, really? Playing a hick father hillbilly mafia king who just sits in jail and like Hannibal Lecter's this poor detective woman the whole movie for those of you who don't know the cool million the cool two and a half three million whatever it is now um Doug Bradley is pinhead from Hellraiser right mm -hmm. so instead of we have such sights to show you he's like you show me that pussy you're like whoa this is shocking <laughs> so he says uh, come to daddy both ways though right oh yeah 
Yeah, every single way. I think technically there's three ways. Come to daddy. Daddy. Of course. Come to daddy. And finally. Come to daddy. Come to daddy. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> to daddy. Uh, but I'm going to go back to Resident Evil real quick because Resident Evil is setting itself up for failure. I think, because even though the movies have been making diminishing returns, all they got to do is wait four, five, six years, let a little age settle into Mila, bring her back out as like a half gray haired desert clone goddess or whatever the fuck she is in the franchise by now. Mm -hmm. And they can roll on with part seven, eight, and nine. You don't stop the train, Daniel. I've already heard rumors that they're rebooting that shit. And you know what'll really happen? They'll wait a year and a half tops. They'll reboot it with somebody else. And then... Then the one after that, they'll bring Mila back into it. That that is that that's a, definitely a, a formula that that we see. Because the, thing, the in... thing that I'm speaking of, though, that they are setting themselves up for failure with, is by calling their movie subtitle. <coughs> do you know what the latest Resident Evil movie is called? Origins. No. Final. Creation. Final extinction. The final chapter. <laughs> Every other. Back. We gotta go back back. The yeah. final chapter, part one. Right. The final chapter. You you never do that. Because you almost, it almost makes the universe force out another movie afterwards just to spite you. So well, Resident Evil 6, the final chapter, other franchises has, have done this. Uh, Friday the 13th yeah. did this. What number in the franchise was the final chapter of Friday the 13th? Uh, four of ten. Four of ten, right. So not only that, it <laughs> went longer after the final chapter than before. And then, How many cults have there been? How many cults? Yeah, cult of Chucky. Has there been another oh. cult no, 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 no. subtitled franchise? Because it's a good one. No, that, that's a good one. Cult of Chucky is a good one. What was the other one? Curse of Chucky? Curse is a good. That's kind of a classic horror callback sort of Seed, title. Seed, disgusting, that's and disgusting. the low point of the franchise. Yeah, Bride of Chucky is great. Um, Bride of Chucky is the best Chucky. And there's another franchise that I know of that did this just off the top of my head. You guys probably aren't as familiar with it. Puppet Master. I think now there's maybe 11 or 12 of them. And... Part five was the final chapter. But the, the latest Puppet Master looks pretty rough from what I've seen. They, they're all rough and they go bizarro <laughs> directions. They, parts three, even four and five, I think, go into the 1700s. And then I think part nine and ten are Nazi Germany. So that they just do whatever they want and they're puppets. How long has it been since we had a leprechaun? <clears throat> mm. I think we're due for a true reboot of Leprechaun. They did re true. They did mm. try to reboot it, and it ultimately failed. When they might want to brush it under the carpet. They need Leprechaun to Origins. Not do a WWE version. Mm. <sighs> it's notoriously an, the textbook example of a zero that we use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a zero, uh. except for like one scene, which I love. Well, uh, very quickly, I'll speak to 2018, and I'll tell you that. There are two major, um, well, either reboots or continuations that are happening. Mm. Um, the Predator. Yeah. And Halloween. Oh, yeah. Jamie Lee is coming back again. Again. Yeah. With, with Danny McBride. A double return. That's, that's never been done. Danny McBride <laughs> writing the script with his buddy. I think Jody Hill. I think this, like, the vice principals duo. And it's not a comedy. And Carpenter loves it. And... Curtis is coming back. So, yeah, it just never stops. Can I know that no one on this podcast, except for me, gets scared of any of these movies. But I still do. And I enjoy being literally scared when I watch a horror movie. It's what I'm looking for. 
can you really make another horror movie where there's nothing about it that's scary? Because Jamie Lee, when she came back in Halloween H2O, I mean, she's a grown woman now. She's no longer afraid of Michael Myers. Right. So for her to come back yet again, like what what feeling are we trying to elicit out of our viewer? I don't know. At this point, it they may have to like black hole the whole franchise, which is like bring it back to the origin point of another horror franchise. So after all of the violence pursues in this new Halloween comeback, uh, it then turns out that Jamie Lee Curtis is actually the murderer and Jeez. she has a young deformed child. Oh my God. Nailed it. Uh, the cycle continues. <laughs> Come to daddy. <laughs> Come to daddy. <laughs> Come to daddy. Uh, all right. Now, last year, of course, well, TPP in general is known for picking just absolutely stellar one after the other lineups. That's true. I mean, Amanda made the comment earlier that she wasn't sad that she missed what was the greatest lineup we've ever had on Trailer Park Podcast. Right, because I knew I'd be here for the best lineup we've ever had on 88. That's, that's the best thing about missing TPP. <laughs> <laughs> but the next one you know will be infinitely better. That's quite possibly true. I can't argue with that. Let's go back to Halloween 2016, episode 68. 68. Thanks, intern. <laughs> now, I went ahead and I pulled an intern myself and I watched all the movies. Yeah. Zing. From lineup six, uh, 68. Uh, intern, have you seen them all? Yes. You have seen them all. This week. I think you and I might be able to. Y'all watch them simultaneously, oh, it sounds I like. Sometimes it was at the same time. We both looked at the window at a star together. <laughs> Do you are you are you gonna do like a powwow archive update later, or are you gonna get into this shit right now? Uh, I think we're, we're gonna get into this shit right now. Okay. Do you want an archive really? update intro of any kind, or are you good to go? Oh, you want to oh, you want to put this off? You mean? Let's no. Settle in. No, me. I'm just. Okay. I mean, I mean, let's just check in with the intern here. Intern, do you have something planned for the archive update? Or do you have you... anything genuinely interesting for your archive update? Yeah. Is it is it like you just threw it together and it's piss poor and you can just you know forget oh, that you oh, well, i was I'm gonna compare you that chelsea got to like play a game last week wherein she removed yeah. things from the list i was gonna compare the two uh the picks that daniel had which was this 68 and the pick that nathan had which was 50 something 42 42 you know and what find out what was the better I think, lineup i think that that can still be done later as a separate thing i think that's fine yeah okay, okay. please daniel we're gonna get into this a little bit do mm -hmm. it let's do it and I'm sure that you guys you guys have seen at least one or two of these. You, Nathan, Amanda? I've seen one in full and another in part. And Nathan? Anything at all? Let's go. Let's <laughs> list them off real quick for those at home that don't immediately so. recall the lineup from number 68. Headliner was the Greasy Strangler. Greasy Strangler. Yeah, this is a, this is a phenomenal lineup, too. I mean, just in terms of uh, just content, the different angles horror okay continue intern uh number two was the 70s the love witch, love witch. Uh, mm -hmm. number three was the, the fulcrum's fulcrum black and white uh eyes of my mother is that the, the eyes of my mother the fulcrum's fulcrum yeah the eyes of my mother and uh then we moved on to possession cannot stop comparing to the exorcist unfortunately ouija and there's some words underneath Ooh. of it. Did you just like origins of evil? evil. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved on to Fear Inc., the game of horror. 
a game of horror in which they literally bring up the game. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Let's start off with the Greasy Strangler. This was that fucking disgusting foul-looking movie. Oh, there's so <laughs> much grease. So much grease. So, so much greasy. cock. So much dick. Oh, yeah. And then, like, not just, like, there's there's just endless... I think maybe 70% of this movie, there is a visible cock in it. But it's not like a good <laughs> fake cock. You could, you could literally take a dildo out of the package and just hang it out of your pants, and it would look better than the horrifying paper mache dicks that they created in this movie. I just assumed it was real. Horrific. We were talking about real. It was yeah. like it's just like old guy like saggy hair, dick hair just slapped on there, and then a Damn. paper mache dick that was like just a cone of paper. Damn. Yeah, just, yeah, I just want to point out that you know there may be some familiarity here, so you may want to just take it easy on him. Are you sure it was fake? Did you uh? Do you remember the scene when he lifts up the sheet and he's like, looks like a, a dead mouse head down there, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It looks, like, it looks like a large mouse's head. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this movie is, yeah, this movie is on, on, uh, uh, let me give it this uh, sort of applause. It takes care every minute of every scene to be foul, off tone, and either inexplicably short edited or uncomfortably long edited. Bullshit artist. Every moment of this movie. It is a, like, it, it is the first half of the movie is entertaining and how insane it is because every scene is literally insane. The dialogue, the acting, how disgusting and ugly and real everything is cast. And then the last half of the movie is this grueling endurance <clears throat> of watching actors repeat themselves over and over again in insane five-minute long scenes. <clears throat> I could be a greasy strangler too. <clears throat> Bullshit artist. <laughs> You're a bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. See how yeah. long that was? That, yeah. Now imagine that for like nine more minutes. Yeah. And then just smear grease on everything. Everything. Just so much grease. Everything is so greasy. There's one There's one part in this movie where he takes his hot dog and he's like freaking out at his son. Uh, the general premise of the movie is that this pathetic son is living with his gross old dad. And his dad is addicted to grease. And by consuming large amounts of grease, he then transforms late at night into the greasy strangler, the super strong grease monster that strangles people to death. Except for the one guy who he punched in the face. Yeah, there's one dude that he punches in the face. Yeah, And Literally his face caves in. Yeah. Just, just horrific, though. And just, just two scenes come to mind just to really nail the like grossness of this movie is one where the dad gets pissed off that his son makes him a dry hot dog. And so he goes out. And he visits his hot dog vendor and he like takes his entire bund hot dog and opens the grease trap and just dips his whole fist oh. in there so that every inch of it is slathered in thick waves of pure lard grease and it's terrific. And then uh, the other one is like the joke in the movie with all the dicks being out all the time is that, you know, the dad's super aggressive and the son is like really, really pathetic. So the dad has this like knee length cock and the son has this disgusting like pathetic dog like, dick like string dick yeah and it's the son sitting on the edge of his bed with his pants off having phone sex with his girlfriend and he's like dick is so small he just like pinches it with his fingers and then when he comes he just makes like little like whimpering wolf cub sounds <laughs> it's fucking gross yeah with that one let's move on the love witch the love witch oh this is the one that I saw a portion of. Right. You got you got a little piece of this one. I got a piece of it. From what I understand, I pretty much saw the movie in terms of tone and 
um, style. Style. Uh, it's weird. It's it's a bad porno without the sex. Mm-hmm. It's like they've just taken out the sex scenes. Yeah. The all of the dialogue is very. I don't even know how to describe it. How did you describe it? Like pedestrian. Yeah. Innocuous. It's just like without. It's like a G-rated porno. It's so bad. So what you're saying is that I should watch this. It's well. Here's the problem with the Love Witch. I think it would be fine in like a kitschy sort of like nostalgic way if it weren't so long. Yeah. It's way too long. It's two hours of this stylistic you know thing like oh we get it this movie could be you know an hour and 20 minutes and be better than it is and still keep that dawdling 70s leisurely tone yeah because there's truly just scenes in this movie of people staring and then uh, like walking into an apothecary and making an exchange of sale that's completely irrelevant to anything and then like it's just just weird normal everyday mundane things that most movies would just cut out like you don't show the car driving all the way to the place it's driving to <laughs> you know right. it's kind of like that but, she is uh, a chain smoker she's a chain smoker in the in the in the driving scene in the very like opening mont you know not montage but the the opening sequence i think she throws like at least six cigarettes into the ashtray <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and you're speaking to like the first quarter of Love Witch right. that, that you watch. Like the movie in, it, in its entirety is interesting. And I think people should watch it. Do you agree, Intern? I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it in the end too. I think uh, in this list of five movies, it's my second favorite. Well, I haven't watched any of these movies. And it looks I'm like for the episode. this, um, I know, right? Uh, this actress, or sorry, this, this director of this movie is known for... I, th- I think it looks like she's maybe a little bit too into the art part of making movies. Like she's a cinematographer who wa- who's acting like a director. Yeah, it, it, very, it very much has that feel. And it very much has the feel of a female director as well. Like everything in this movie has got a nice feminine, soft, velvety 70s touch on it. The style, the look and everything is great. Like they pull that off. When, when, when we say it looks like a porno with the, with the sex scenes cut out, it's that they've so well captured that feeling. Like there's craft and skill put into making it look that way. It's not meant to demean oh, the movie. The way they used to make porn. Yeah, it the the feel of the movie is is fun. That's the fun part. It's about this you know modern day witch uh, in the urban city, and she comes into town and stays at her friend's house. And in the meantime, she makes her own little love potions, except her love potions are like crazy fucking strong because she puts black sex magic into it, which you're not supposed to do. And so then all of her like little targets that she goes after these men she falls in love with, they just become (laughs) these whimpering emotional messes that eventually get so emotionally die. (laughs) And those are the those are the those are the fun scenes is watching these guys become all pathetic. Do you think that's like a social commentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's got that. That's what I mean. Men are becoming just total if you didn't know useless waste of space with their feelings. It is. It's telling men to that's great. Let's all be equal, but let's not all have pussies. <laughs> Next movie. Uh, the eyes of my mother. Fulcrum's Fulcrum. Everybody's seen this, yeah? Nathan, you saw this, right? I didn't see this. God damn wow. it. Wow. Why hasn't this, this been burdened? This was the highlight of the last year, I believe. Yeah. And it's just a good movie, period. Yeah, is this, is this the one that you liked the best, Intern? Yeah, it was the best filmed. <laughs> it was, everything about it was good. Yeah, it's filmed well. The black and white works really well with the sort of plot that they have. The, like, 
creepy, relaxed, out in the woods. Yeah, and just there are some some points in the movie that I was just so uncomfortable. Like when she goes and like she goes to that bar like in town and she meets that other girl and she brings that girl back and it's real weird. You don't know what she's going to do with her, but it, you feel bad for her at the same time. I mean, the tension in different scenarios made in this movie was outstanding. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever before used and maybe won't ever use again in the same precision the term adorably creepy like she's charming and cute but also like so terrifying to be alone with there's like a it's like you're with a naive person and yeah she seems super naive and then you know kills you (laughs) yeah she's super stunted but is totally okay with murder yeah like an adult with a child sociopathy yeah like oh i don't understand how much i'm hurting you yeah it's very creepy very delicate it's got like an Americana feel or like a North yeah. Americana feel. Maybe it's kind of like a an indistinguishable woodsy North American vibe to it. It's a very, it's all very good. It's well written. It's well acted. It's well filmed. Yeah, it's great. I will yeah. say it's, it is the one that I was the most interested in, but I am now starting to feel shame <laughs> <laughs> as we continue. Um, oh, uh, his next movie, the same writer director is called Piercing and it comes out in 2018. And it's about a man who kisses his wife and baby goodbye, seemingly headed away on business with a plan to check into a hotel, call an escort service, and kill an unsuspecting prostitute. I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. Dream big. Never give up on your dreams. I think that's a lesson on that one. Uh, Let's go. I want to end with the Ouija one. So let's do Fear Inc. We already did Ouija. Didn't you? No. Uh, The intern took shots at it. Oh. Yeah, I want, I want, even though Fear Inc. was last in the lineup, I want to do Fear Inc. first. Yep, Fear Inc. There's, are you admitting to improper placement in the original lineup? No, I just want to talk about Fear Inc. Because <laughs> Fear Inc. Was, the, Fear, Fear Inc. Was, was peculiar to me because it was my iffier choice from last year, and it definitely proved to be the iffier movie. <laughs> there was parts where I was like, this is cool. And then there was, and then immediately afterwards, I'd be like, this is bullshit. And then like 10 minutes later, I'd be like, this is cool again. Yeah, it, it, then, it has that up and down feel. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, very, very well observed. It does go, it does have moments where you're like, okay, with it, not with it, with it, not with it. My biggest problem, love the concept. Even the writing's not so bad. I just hated every casted person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated the main dude. I hated his girlfriend. I hated his buddy. I hated his buddy's wife. And then, you know, even the Sandlot guy, the fatty Bambi Hambino from Sandlot shows up in Fear Inc. And even though I like him best at all five of them, also annoying. So like, I just was like, ah, man, the game as a horror movie works out great, especially with their double, triple, quadruple twist that they throw on at the end there for you. Yeah, the the fourth ending. Was that the one that you liked the most? (laughs) Yeah, because the whole time you're like, well, okay, this makes sense. Oh, God, well, I would have expected that. Oh, oh, what? (laughs) Like, it just keeps going, and that's fine. Yeah. So Fear Inc. is whatever. You want to watch it, you don't want to watch it. It's a five out of ten, a six out of ten. It's one of those kind of movies. It's not terrible kind of fun in certain it's a, parts it's a one it's, it's not a one i mean a, like a, a, a one on, a one on our scale you five know. is pretty high babe no, no like, he, mean, he means a one on our scale i don't think he does yeah no i did yeah. oh you do yeah wow yeah his problem isn't with fearing i think his problem is with ouija origins of evil oh right he oh. had already thrown, there, thrown some shade at origins yeah i just have things to talk about uh ouija so you're saying that ouija generated uh feedback and conversation i think so which means it gets Nathan's seal of approval for the show. I think it deserves to be talked about. <laughs> I just want to point out, I just I just went over each one, 
And I'm very surprised to see, because um, I was looking specifically at, at the length of each one, and I'm surprised that Eyes of My Mother was an hour and 16 minutes. That's very short. It was a perfect movie. That's how long a movie should be well, for perfect execution. Typically, 75 to 90. Yeah. Okay, sure, 75 to 90. But that means it came in at the minimum, which is yeah. impressive. And uh, the other ones, like Greasy Strangler and... Mm, Fear Inc. are like both an hour and 30 and then Ouija's an hour 39 and then Love Witch is two hours. Love Witch is yeah. too long. It was too long. Okay. I, was, I was mentioning this to me. I, the Love it's Witch, good. It's cool. No, but I could have edited it in 20 minutes. Like there was no thinking about what needed to be cut out. It was just like, there you go. Fixed it. <laughs> apparently, apparently uh, they cut 45 minutes out of the Greasy Strangler. Thank Jesus God. Christ. Unacceptable. <laughs> I need to see that 40 minutes. All like spooning grease out of French fry grease. If I had to see one more close up of his son's like tiny dick and just cooking <laughs> hot dogs and like three inches of grease. It's just 40 minutes of the car wash. Oh, God. Just him flapping in the car wash. Still, though, you should see it. Nathan, I'm burdening the eyes of my mother to you right now. You cannot come in this house if you haven't seen it. Uh, there's a there's a protocol to burdening, and I'll thank you no. to do it properly. Thank you. you. We'll have to get a hotel. Okay, thanks, everybody. Right. <laughs> I want to talk about. Ouija. Origin of Evil. Because Ouija Origin of Evil is a sequel to Ouija. Which we, <laughs> I made it through, but you fell asleep. I couldn't handle it. It was so forgetful. So, so bad. There's literally nothing to grasp onto in the original Ouija. Just a super, like, shit out of script in six weeks, film it in three months, and get it the fuck out there. And then somebody came along and said, here's the shitty franchise or the sh shitty title that we have ownership of. Right. You're a director. Why don't you do something with this if you want to? Literally could not do worse. And that's exactly the kind of position that I want horror directors to be in when they come into these things. Because Ouija Origins of Evil, to me, was fun. Yeah, I it liked had, It had moments, for Evil. sure. It had what? its moments. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a, there's a couple of cheesy parts in there where they get a little uh, the jerky body movement and someone climbing on a wall, and you're like, okay, that's insidious shit, though. Right, that's insidious kind of shit. But for the most part, it's like very lighthearted. It's almost it's almost a movie that I put in that weird small category that I know I've brought up before, which is a horror movie I'd show my kids. Hmm. It's like not super violent. It does have scary imagery. I'm a sucker for like weird face contortion stuff. So some people might find the big mouth contortions of the little girl stupid, but I like them. And speaking of little girl, I liked her the best. She like fucking made that movie. Yeah, she was good. She was really good. I think surprisingly good. The thing that really threw me with this is that everything, like all the connections with the people were like were good. And then when she started getting possessed, I was like, oh, they're going to use prosthetics. And then they didn't. And it was annoying because there should have been, there was enough budget to not do CG. Right. And they and they did CG and it felt cheap. I would just it's felt so cheap after watching something that they clearly put a lot of time and some money into. Yeah, I would agree with that. It has this perfect balanced B movie horror feel. Like it's well executed, all the characters are right, like just dense enough for you to grasp onto without getting in the way. And then they do have this CG in there that's kind of disappointing. If they had just gone the extra mile and put some physical effects in there, it would have been a spectacular B-movie. But fair enough. Yeah. Do you find it hard to, whenever a child is possessed, to not instantly think of The Exorcist and just be like, well, The Exorcist, you know, 
can't get better than that. Yeah, yeah I think the, I think and I think it recognizes that because when the priest first walks up to the house in Ouija Origins of Evil, the whole camera has like been doing this slow zoom movement the whole movie. But when he walks up to the house, it locks onto him in the house. You're kind of hanging back by his calf level looking up at him looking at the house and that's the exact iconic scene from the exorcist and i think they were like we know know what we are (laughs) we stole this shit enjoy we've all stolen it i don't want to be a fuddy-duddy but i find that that's kind of a problem with the horror genre in general it's like the first movie to do something well ends up being like the legendary benchmark for that thing and then everyone else is compared to it afterwards and i don't think that's necessarily fair and it doesn't happen in other genres either. That's not true. Um, bullet time happened, and then that's been a staple in action movies. I guess you could probably come up with examples if you wanted to be an asshole. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Horror is the only... All the things that have ever been a benchmark. And... <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it depends on the person, too. I'm sure that everyone has their own personal benchmarks, but I just think that horror, and maybe I'm being too general in my statement in turn, and that's your your point, is that... Maybe there's just, like, everybody as a general audience is being a little bit too hard on specific movies who go near material that is forever, you know, difficult to execute because of things like The Exorcist. Everyone, even Luigi on 87 said the only horror movie he likes is Exorcist. And that means that people who don't like horror still appreciate or acknowledge The Exorcist. So that says something. It's a difficult benchmark or a difficult thing to go near is possession. I feel like the uh, second most profitable genre of movie is the is horror. It makes like thirty five and seventy cents. That's (laughs) it's just like uh, Harlequin novels. Also, fucking article. What was number one? I don't remember. Do you? I don't remember either. I remember seeing horror at like number two and being like, oh fuck, god damn it! Action blockbuster. (laughs) And action is the least profitable movie type. Oh. And I continue to look up actors and like scroll through their IMDb and get to the bottom and be like, oh, fuck, shit, damn it. (laughs) They started in horror. They all start in horror. They all start there. (sighs) Well, okay, well then overall, last year's lineup, Daniel, after watching all five of the movies, how satisfied are you with the integrity of the all horror lineup from episode 68? Oh, I'm smooth with the integrity of the lineup. Yeah, I think it showed a lot of different uh, facets of horror. You got your cheeseball horror, your fancy avant-garde horror, uh, some... Super stylistic horror. Super stylistic and cutesy, and then some, you know, degrading, fear ink type of shit. I think it was good all-around stuff. Let's see if we can... And then just filth. A nice blend. A nice blend. Yeah. This year, though, we get some better quality movie. This year... (laughs) Went a little lighter on the filth. Was I affected by my putrid top of my throat <laughs> capacity for grease from the Greasy Strangler? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want more. Uh, I want, I want so, Greasy Strangler too. Before before we jump into the lineup and get battle cried up, uh, Daniel, I've been advised that I may be permitted to uh, present a scream segment. Uh, uh, okay. Is that is that uh, happening now or is that? I will no? I will grant you this permission, Nathan. I know you put so much work into it. Okay, well, um, has anyone here ever given any thought to the science of the scream? <gasps> no. Well, let me tell you, Sad Sack has. As usual, when science gets excited about science, you learn a little more about why societal norms struggle with the truth of being human. 
Hmm? Yes, when a <laughs> scream is heard, blood-curdling or otherwise, it sounds off in the auditory center of the brain, sure. But it also activates the amygdala, commonly referred to as the fear center of the brain. But as science gets more excited about science, you learn that really it is the area of the brain that has to decipher whether a threat is real. It has to do this because the adrenaline that is released when a scream is heard rides the edge of fear and, yep, you guessed it, pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Hellraiser. Tonight, Sad Sack would like us to listen to five different screams and be the amygdala. Is the threat real or does it give you pleasure? Ooh, I'm excited. Scream number one. Hmm. I say that sounds familiar. It's on the fence. Is the threat real? Little column A, little column B. Little column A, a little bit. It's it's kind of in the middle, right? It doesn't really. I'm wet. You're. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? Write that time down. All right out of the gate. Uh. Okay. Uh. Scream number two. What do we got here? Oh shit. A little bit more of a comb on the screen. Oh, fucking hard right now. Oh, did you did you go in turn? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, what, homesick boner. Let's see here. Scream number three. <laughs> That's one of those like annoying screams where you're like you think about calling the cops and then don't. Well, Sadsack actually talked to a few um, uh, serial killers, um, a Mr. Voorhees and a Mr. Kruger. They both said that uh, the scream heightened their experience increased their adrenaline and made them excited it made them excited so there is some pleasure aspect there uh spurring them on to commit murder so how was glenn feeling uh scream number four Ah, that's, that's, a, that's a good scream that's good yeah we're getting into the real in the real range oh, yeah. with that one yeah yeah, right. yeah. and uh and the ps de resistance Scream number five. Is everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Oh, don't you know that you guys are wrong all the time? And I'm going to let you know in my archive. <laughs> <laughs> that is nothing but pleasure. My amygdala is activated. <laughs> my auditory and fear center is simultaneously climaxing. <laughs> My pants are like a waterbed right now. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh. At yourself? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Feargasm. All it oh. takes is a mirror. Oh. Oh. Instantaneous. Any mirror. Over and over again. There's no uh, refractory period. Uh, should, you uh, should see uh, me in a house uh. of mirrors. Should we just. Damn, do you want to just deflect into the battle cry here, or what do you want to do? Yeah. Battle cry, quick. Which, which battle cry that I have prepared uh, suits your fancy? Uh, you know, I want them on My Boy Freddy. That's a good scream. I remember cutting that scream because I love that scream. That is a throwback, ladies and gentlemen, to the 100 Lunatics. 
podcast uh, the dubstep intros to all of those wonderful old episodes. <laughs> those were fun. We're into the lineup, baby. Uh, I'd like to point out for this first one, for the headliner, I put this movie here for my bay. Bay. This is a bay choice. She, is she aware of this lineup at all? No. No. I may have loosely mentioned some things in obscurity just to sort of gauge Tease. her reaction without actually nailing anything down. But this first movie is for my bay because I know she I know she likes a particular kind of person. A particular person? Mm-hmm. Race. He's talking about race? Yeah. Uh, I was hoping for a home invasion, but okay. Whatever you got. This is appealing to your fetish, not your actual oh. plot of a horror movie that you like. Okay. This is Mayhem. Mayhem, here we go. We're witnessing a model citizen here, transformed into a brutal, bloodthirsty, killing machine. Welcome to the home of Towers and Smythe Consulting. TSC is a firm fueled by greed, duplicity, and moral decay. I'm gonna need some scouts. What the hell are you doing? Firing you. I'm not leaving this building until I plead my case. Sure. Good luck with that. What the hell is going on? Say hello to the ID7 virus. Stress hormone levels rise, causing inhibitions to drop and basic instincts to rise to the surface. All traces of the virus should be eliminated in approximately eight hours. What are we supposed to do for the next eight hours? Try to remain calm. Hey, extreme measures, right? This is our shot. I'm offering 150 grand for Joe's head. We're talking about murder here. You should be offering at least 450. Yep. You want to do this the hard way? You're enjoying this, aren't you? I just kicked his ass! Amanda, worried or excited? Honey, this is why I love you, because you accept me for who I am and I can be honest with you about my love for Asian men. <laughs> Steven? Steven Yun? Is a Korean American who can park his shoes under my bed anytime he wants. Mm. This movie looks fun. Um, I have been aware of it for a while, so I'm a little bit concerned about the delay in it coming out. That being said, it looks like a fun ride uh, that I want to get on. Him and the ride. Uh, wow. Uh, it, uh, oh, there was, so there was some quote persuasion, of course, because it's a horror movie or any movie and they want to convince you. And it was uh, from the director of or the producer of Office Space, 
and The Purge. No. And I'm like, that's exactly what this movie is. No, it said it's a cross between cross those between. things. Yeah. Whatever. They, I'm convinced. They nailed that. Yeah, they nailed the... Yeah, Two that. perfect movies you to see, like... ladies and gentlemen, how, yeah. how her lust for Asian men turned a cross between to the producer of. You see how that happened? Mm-hmm. I didn't even read the small print. I was yeah. just like, purge, office right. space, got it. Right. And what else has Joe Lynch brought us, Nathan? Ah, well, let's take a look, shall we? Are you signed into that IMDb Pro account? Amanda, continue. I am already signed in. I also <clears throat> love that there was that other guy from The Walking Dead in it, too. Which one? You don't know. Uh, the one, I don't know who he was in the in the trailer, as far as like what he said or what he did. Like chubby nerdy guy that fires him? Is that? I, I don't think he's chubby. Oh. But he, so was, he was the governor's lackey. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that is him. Mm-hmm. And he probably got the job because of Steven Yoon. A.K.A. Glenn. 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 And he's like with a super hot chick. And they're yeah. just kicking ass and killing people, stabbing people in the foot. And he's the lead. You don't get an Asian man lead. Never. Like this with usually. Anything. Nor do you get to see him like just mack it out with some white chick either. I think we just lost our entire Chinese audience. They're like, what about <laughs> Chow Young Fat? She's like Jackie a Chan? almost Margot Robbie lookalike. Yeah, I was going to say she could be a stand-in for Margot Robbie. Yeah, so you're going to go with an excited on that one? Obviously. That's a sure excited. I'm also going to say excited with this one, but don't think that I th- didn't think long and hard about it. I see the areas where fault could exist in this movie for sure. In fact, the first half of this trailer, I wasn't even sure I was going to include it in the lineup at all, not even in my like honorable mention category, because I have already seen two like corporate violent horror movies in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. There was one where, like, everyone is, like, a vampire. Yeah, we watched that one. Yeah. yeah. And then there was another one that I can't remember, but it had the same general premise. I was like, they need, I need violence. Belco? And then the second half of the, yeah. In the second half of this trailer, uh, you get the violence. People are violent. fucking hammering each other in the face. Everyone's stabbing each other. Blood, teeth, sweat. Spit. Uh, give me all that. If you're going to have a disease that makes everyone turn into, like, 28 days later zombies, super aggressive zombies, and hit each other, it needs to be super violent. And, and it looks like that. Not only is he good looking, but he knows how to act with that kind of stuff from his, you know. That's right. He's well versed in using weaponry. And to- blood and guts and grossness. Right. And as if they, if they keep the soundtrack like super pumped up and they have some badass slow motion, like full brawl office scenes, I'm in. I'm excited. Okay. I'm going to step in here because I need to say, I need to provide an update on Joe Lynch, first of all. Uh, Joe Lynch hasn't really done too much of any of, of, of note, but he was the director of Wrong Turn 2 Dead End. Right. Thank you for bringing that up because this, this, this reminds me. There's uh, Joe Lynch that did Wrong Turn 2, which is the infinitely better than the original. Same thing as like the Ouija movies. That's what he did to the wrong. The Wrong Turn movie should have been nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's like a shitty PG-13, uh, probably has Jennifer Love Hewitt in it somewhere, type of 90s go-nowhere horror movie. And then he came and turned this into a horror franchise. He didn't continue with it, but he made this go to part seven. And his buddy Adam Green did the Hatchet movies, Hatchet 1, 2, and 3, the best modern-day slashers that have been made since the old ones. So this is a, this is a, this is a good guy. I've listened to his podcast. I've listened to him talk about how he loves horror movies and what he loves about them. I think that was what put this over the edge for me, too, is because I know that this guy appreciates the like nuances that make old-school horror fun. Well, then uh, I'm, I'm going to... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Amanda. No, I just want to throw in there, you said Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I'm like, where is... 
I know what you did last summer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, my next point that I was going to make is that, and now you've added to it, because you said that he improved on Wrong Turn. And my original feeling after watching this trailer for the very first time was like, oh, this looks like they took the Belko experiment and possibly did it better. For some reason, I feel that way. Yeah, that's not a bad way to feel. I haven't seen the Belko experiment, so I can't, I I don't think it's fair to dismiss it like that. But I just, I think that, you know, some, somebody saying you all have to kill each other in the next hour by some weird voice on the intercom is not as cool as like everybody being infected by a disease that makes them all crazy violent. And they're like trying to resist it, but they can't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like the force driving this story is more out of control and chaotic and, and lends itself to like less question over their intentions because the other idea lends itself to everyone contemplating what they're capable of and whether or not they should do it and hesitating and all that shit. It's a stealthier plot. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair to dismiss the Belco experiment. I just think that that's my initial reaction was that this feels like it's going to execute that concept better because it lends itself more to like total chaos, gore, craziness. Yeah, and like 15 floors of fully staffed office workers, that's a lot of death you can put in a movie. Yeah, and if he's, he doesn't look like he's overwhelmed by the sickness. He looks like, I think think the the hook in this movie might be that he's the only one that's not sick. Right, or like there's something, like you have to have sympathy or something to not get sick. Yeah, like he... so everyone's just cutthroat so they all get sick. (laughs) Right, I think he may have to just be the sympathetic hero character that survives everyone who's being tainted by the sickness mm-hmm. or maybe he's oh maybe he's patient zero Ooh. and he's he's the reason why everybody's sick but he's immune to it that could be yeah yeah oh i'm excited about that <laughs> <laughs> excited to see if i'm right excited intern In, intern be 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 uh be Picks quick be quick. uh i can't wait to see somebody get hit in the head with a stapler excited mm. Mm. Just staple someone's mm. eyes shut. Mm-hmm. Is that a stapler? red stapler? Let me see my stapler. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. He brings up a good point. Are you going to be disappointed if they don't utilize everything? Right. Someone has to get beaten to death with a laptop. Uh, like someone's got to get their hand hole punched. Yeah. Are the missed opportunities going to just crush you? <laughs> oh, those single hole punchers. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. Those are brutal. <laughs> right between the thumb and the, and the index finger? That oh, like, like, me. Stick someone's arm in a coiling machine and get like a binder coil put through a your shredder, arm. A paper oh, yeah. Shredder. A paper shredder, yeah. <laughs> Coat later, yeah. We do this all day. All the, all the cubicles get like destroyed and taken down and a single tear rolls down Ivan's cheek. Okay, trailer number two. <laughs> like, no, they, fa- they fashion them into a huge castle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he'll be like, oh, wow, that's really nice. Be like, that's not stable. Like yeah. pretty much an engineer, that won't work. Yeah, that's that's fake. It's fake. This is a movie for Ivan though, since he builds cubicles. Yeah. Mm. Are you gonna play the song, or are you just gonna say the thing and then it just happen? Trailer number two, Ayla. All the trailers get this song tonight, baby. Welcome, <laughs> welcome song. <laughs> Ayla, here we go. I'm sorry. I think I made a mistake, a really big mistake. 
I don't know how to fix this. I don't know if there is any way to fix this anymore. I wish you were here because I think you'd know what to do. And I think I'd listen to you. I think you're the only one I'd listen to, but you're not here. Nathan, worried or excited? Okay, Isla. Ayla? How do we... How do Ayla? We, Ayla? Uh, what are we doing here? Is it Isla or Ayla? They never say it. Can we say Ayla? <laughs> There's no I in there. All right. So obviously the, the first thing that's going to come up about this movie is what is it fucking about? What is this even about? Right. So that's the first question. Answer. Answer. Uh, first of all, very creative, artistic trailer stirs a lot inside of you makes you think that there's definite potential here for whatever it is trying to do but what is it trying to do answer what is it grasping it's definitely grasping at something answer a man haunted by the mysterious death of his four-year-old sister brings her back to life 30 years later as an adult woman with dire consequences can i cut you off real quick yes can I tell you that bef- the first time I watched this trailer on my phone, sitting outside in the backyard with the headset in, without any understanding what the plot was, only seeing this trailer that we just watched right now, would you believe me if I told you that I thought of Pet Cemetery, which relates to this plot? The imagery alone made me think of Pet Cemetery. I've never seen Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is about a special graveyard where you take your dead animal, you bury them, and they come back to life, but they're altered. Okay, so we're talking about similar like resurrection storyline right yeah I, I would believe you that's that's good that it created that feeling because that that makes me feel better about it because i really like this trailer is very interesting i think i mean i you run the risk of it becoming like a short film or something and not being a full feature right or a be- short film that should have stayed a short film yeah something like that but there's something very appealing about it and very interesting about it and i'm excited and plus the director writer of this movie is it looks like a pretentious douchebag because he only goes by the name elias so that's that's good. sure i could believe that and his next movie is called my uncle my uncle john is a zombie so i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> or no wait no it just says thanks to him so he wasn't involved in directing that so that's fine okay good <sighs> i'm excited because it looks like it has quality and I always get duped by movies that do this, that go simple in the trailer. And I could be absolutely fucking wrong, but I don't care because it's appealing. The trailer's interesting. It executes. Excited. Amanda. Save, save me. <laughs> At a minimum, it is a very good trailer, yeah. I would say. So um, I'm interested. I get the Pet cemetery sort of at least illusion. I don't know that that's what it's doing, but we'll see. Um, I do want to see it though i i feel very um interested in in the main character and uh, i want to i want to know and i think that speaks to the trailer more than the movie probably but um i will give credit where it's due and and go excited because that's how it's supposed to make me feel question Mm. is he having sex with his sister right (laughs) better be right (laughs) intern Intern. what what yeah you're you're the one to answer this question intern go ahead hmm 
Is he having sex with his sister? And what is that? It's a skin. 30, what, is, what is the skin disease on his on his wrist? It's thirty years later. He's cutting himself up. There's too many pets. I. Oh. The trailer looked nice. Is that a bug bite on his wrist, or is he I'm like worried is about that, his lumpy flesh dragging arm? Is is the arm skin disease like a a direct consequence of resurrecting his sister? Probably. And he's not going to have sex with his sister. And if he did, I would enjoy this much more. Worried. Worried. <laughs> okay. Well, let me let me let me speak to the intern here because I'm kind of thinking, going off my intuition on this, we got the original Pet Cemetery feeling. Definitely picked up on that. I also got that sensation that he might have been fucking his sister in that bed. And after seeing this trailer multiple times now, because I tried to watch it quite a few times to get a feel for it, because I knew that I liked it but didn't know exactly what I was liking. I think I share everybody else's sort of weird, excited confusion about this movie as well. Uh, I think this movie is going to be about obsession. So I think that this is going to be about him obsessed with the death of his younger sister, and it's going to like infiltrate every other part of his life. And I think a lot of what we're seeing here is dreamy and hallucinatory, because I think it will be dreamy and hallucinatory. So brings her back to life and then falls in love with her? Maybe falls in love with her because he obsesses about her disappearance so much that she becomes this like fabricated other existence in his mind. Or maybe that's unrelated to this and that's just his like girlfriend and we're just casting fucked up illusions all over it. But yes, I think I share everybody else's feelings here. Uh, I, I understand. I understand why the intern is worried, honestly. But I'm, I share everybody else's feeling here, which is that the mystery of this makes me excited. And there's something so creepy about just having all this quiet imagery in the background while the narrator is like on the verge of tears, sincerely apologetic about some deep, deep mistake that he's made. That kind of shit always gets me. Anytime you've done something you can't come back from, that's a horrifying concept in itself, even if it's not specifically tied to horror. Yeah, keep that in mind always. Right. <laughs> Excited. I think the intern's going to be a very... Um, upset at himself in the future about what decision he's made here tonight about Ayla. It'll be like every day of my life. Mm. You should clip that every day of my life and the buzzer together. It'll be like every day of my life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's trailer number three, Daniel? Trailer number three is the endless. The Fulcrum's Fulcrum, the endless. Here we go. There is something bigger than us out here. We have many traditions here at Camp Arcadia. None more prominent than the struggle. We have the struggle with passion. In your own words, what is it? Struggle with growth. I don't have answers. None of us do. How is that possible? Struggle with the higher power. You want to know what it is that runs all this? You go find it. If you let it have you, 
I'll snatch you right out of your shoes. <laughs> I want to go back. That place is not what you think it is. G-Lie-D. We couldn't be happier. I saw some of the things last night. There's something out here, isn't there? Happier. Yeah, there is. Happier. Happier. Who's next? Whew. I'm going to take this one myself. Daniel. Worried or excited. <laughs> I'm big excited on this. And this movie also has the potential to ultimately come back and really fuck me hard next year if it fails. A lot of quote persuasion on this, which tends to be a bad sign. But there's something very simplistic and specific about all the quote persuasion that made me more comfortable. When they get lengthy, that's when I know some guy's being paid to just fucking flower up some shit. So when it's like a three or four line fancy quote coupled with other three or four line fancy quotes, it worries me. When all of them are like, whoa, mind fuck, gonna be talked about, blah, blah, blah. What about the connection to Spring? Spring, I didn't like, but... It did the same thing. Yeah. If I, I, if I recall correctly, it, it quote persuaded all of us and I didn't watch it, but you were incredibly disappointed by it, if I remember correctly. I thought that they filmed it very well. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's what I was trying to get to, was that I recognize the potential of the director. I just didn't like Spring. Okay, yeah. No, I think I remember that feedback, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so this is them, or you're hoping, reaching their potential. I'm hoping he's reaching his potential here, because this is the kind of, like, premise and sort of open playground for a horror sci-fi thriller whatever this is that's fun to do because what's going on there's a cult there's people being duped into thinking they're having what a spiritual is this is this god is this aliens there's some sort of weird force that these people have like planted themselves close by to and they have like weird dramatic reactions to this thing how many moons can they pull with a rope they're so it's so weird. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Is it cosmic? Is it alien? Is it God? Is it just a bunch of evil bullshit? Is everyone being duped? Like there's a it's lot of all of Bay's favorite things. Right. It's all my favorite things, which <laughs> could result in a big muddy shit elk shake. But I'm hoping because I have fun watching this that it looks like it's going to be fun, interesting, cool shots, cool ideas, and probably an ending that's not as satisfying as it needs to be. But I feel like I feel like I really want to watch this. Two brothers return to the cult they fled from years ago to discover that the group's beliefs may be more sane than they once thought. Yeah. You want to go, Amanda? Uh, Nathan. <laughs> it's getting the cult bump. I like cult stuff. Midnight Special dealt with cult stuff. Uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene dealt with cult stuff. And both of those movies, I was probably sucked into more because of the fact that it had that like cult mystery and it and it dealt with it well like it didn't overdo it so there's a chance that they could overdo the cult aspect and that'll pull me out but i never saw spring and this is a film festival movie that's getting a lot of attention and i'm down i'm down for a go at this i want to i want to find out what is so like 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 daniel's saying there's something here there's something cosmic and the fact that it's called the endless says to me that these guys come back after kind of ostracizing themselves from the cult and they learn something that is deep and uh, impacting that ultimately turns into like horrific science fiction, which is the payoff, but hopefully. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down excited. Double down excited. Enter. I think 
that the endless could be timeless. If they just pull seven more moons out <laughs> and they start talking about the science of Jesus the oceans, Christ. current, and you know, global we're warming. Being, we're all being serious here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I think the best part about this was him pulling a second moon out with a piece of rope, so I want to see more of that. And uh, I don't. it doesn't really matter what they do. What's that? Were those scenes connected? They didn't connect in my head. I thought he pulled that out. I, I just thought he was pulling a rope against something mysterious in the forest. Yeah, the like second the moon. Sky, and it looks like the moon. Oh, I, didn't I agree see. with the intern on this. Um, so, okay, if, if, anyway. If they're pulling moons into the sky with a the rope, then I'm worried. I think uh, this has like a Truman Show type feel to it. It could result up. It could end up in that, yeah. Um, a- anyway, I think there's enough weird shit going on that I'm interested and want to watch it. So I'm uh I'm three moon I'm three moons excited. <laughs> Jesus. Alright, bring Is bring some moons for you intern Amanda. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Nathan. No, bring some sanity to this, please. Can you give me a runtime? <laughs> okay, you're asking me for information. I am gonna tell you that this comes in at one hour. Actually can you guess first? I, I feel like that would be fun. <laughs> I want it to be an hour 45. Ooh, hour I was afraid it was going to be two hours 10. Hour 51. Ugh. It's close. It's over. That, it, makes, that makes my decision a little tougher because for some reason I'm nagging at worried. It's six though, minutes over. You wanted 145. It's six minutes over. No. That's That could be the credits. It could be 145 with credits. Very much be credits. But at the same time, go with your gut though. Maybe, maybe he hasn't improved since spring. This could be another spring. I could fucking hate this movie. <laughs> like it's, it's gonna be more um, sad and melodramatic than it is creepy and you know haunting. Kind of what's going on? What is this force? Oh, more like like brothers that lost their faith, and it's all super hallmarky on that instead of the interesting parts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried that it's gonna be a little bit just. Uh, uh, I, I I I'm going with my gut. I'm going worried. I'm sorry. It's a good points, but two sided's uh, mildly excited and a worried. Mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> All right. Let's see my home invasion. <laughs> Show number four is Marrowbone. It doesn't sound like anybody's coming to my house. It involves a house. Marrowbone. Here we go. We have come very far, enduring many hardships. But at last, we found the place where we can be safe. These Marrowbone kids, how well do you know them? It's just that they worry me always hiding away from the community. They're not hiding. They live too far away. Get close together, come on. What are we going to do? I don't know, but if the truth comes out, they will separate us. Good luck, Mr. Marabone. He's just left the Marabone home. He goes on the bridge. And then he goes down the tunnel, through the tunnel, 
goes all the way up. Careful, Jack. Jack. Sam has been to Mother's room. He says he saw something in there. No idea what you are getting into. We have to tell Ali the truth. Nothing, no one ever will separate us. Marabone, intern, worried or excited? Well, it has um, my favorite actress in it, and uh, whenever that happens... She's your favorite actress? You know, you gotta get excited. Well, favorite, favorite new up-and-coming, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, or Anya Joy Taylor. Getting doesn't a even start in horror like they always do. Doesn't yeah, even, she started out with The Witch. Doesn't even know her fucking name. It's cause I, How about that? Get things mixed up a lot. Okay. Yeah. It's Anya Taylor Joy from The Witch. Yeah. And from Split. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good go. Yeah. I liked her performance in both of those. I'm looking forward to this and the other movie that she's going to be coming out with this year. Oh, What's... Split. Did you mean Six Sense 1.5? Yeah. That fucking movie. Glass, half. That's, uh, that would have been Unbreakable 1.5, not Six Sense. Right, Glass, half full. Um, yeah. what, why didn't you mention Morgan? Morgan was really good, right? Morgan was really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the Collins girl said Morgan was good, actually. Um, yeah, I feel like she's uh, she steals the scene, every scene she's in, all the time. It's hard not to pay Jesus. attention. She likes this genre. She's in the New Mutants and Nosferatu. Jesus Christ. Awesome. Wow. Anyhow, um, this looks like it's going to be a tension-filled, uh, fun horror film. One that should have been in the fulcrum. Oh, well. <laughs> of the fulcrum. Yeah. Excited. Excited. Nathan? I think this writer-director could be a pedophile. <laughs> You've turned him into, like, a sleuth. It's, it's literally a 50-50 chance at this point. <laughs> well, he was the writer of The Impossible, but he also was an acting coach for kids. That bothers me. Acting coach for kids? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're going to want to get as fucking real as possible, so I'm going to need to see your dick and touch it. <laughs> You've got to be hard this whole time. Yeah. And and the picture, <laughs> fluffer. His picture on IMDb makes him look like a like a children's show host. <laughs> anyway, Marrow Bone, Marrow Bone, written and directed by Sergio G. Sanchez. It said something about the orphanage. He's the writer. He's the writer of the orphanage. That see that see that that's very specific to point out because mm. the orphanage is a good premise movie not so much okay well he wrote it he wrote the screenplay for the orphanage didn't direct the movie um not only does this movie have the best actress from the witch it also has quite possibly the best young actor from captain fantastic and i liked both captain fantastic and the witch and for both of those two to be at the forefront of this one and just watching the trailer there's something there there's something there that's quality this movie may not end up being a great horror movie, but it will end up being a good movie, I think. And based on that, I'm going to say I'm excited. 
Amanda? Mm, worried. <sighs> what are you worried about? Um, I am worried about a slow burn. I'm confused what's going on movie. I will concede that she is very good and she is captivating. Um, I bet that the acting is strong. I bet that the cinematography is strong. I bet it's a good, I, I bet it's a well-made movie. I bet that I am bored 90% of the time. Bored. I bet that if there was an Asian man in the lead role, this would be a different conversation. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that this movie is one thing and the marketers didn't know what to do with that thing and have tried to pair the trailer off as if it's something else. I think this movie is going to be horror and fucking weird. And I think they're trying to cover up the weird part by cutting out as much of the horror as possible from the trailer and just making it seem like these kids out in the woods that got a dark past. But there's little pieces of the trailer that let you know that there's something supernatural or something terrifying that's involved. And I think that this might sort of cross branch out from horror into like bizarro shit. I have a feeling that it might skew off even from this tone of hillbilly that the trailer tends to present. That said, in case I'm wrong and it's exactly how it portrays itself, it's still a bunch of kids living out in this house by themselves. All the narration lets you know that they're hiding some sort of dark secret. There's something weird and or horrifying about their mother. Uh, yeah, th the synopsis says that a young man and four younger siblings um, have kept secret the death of their beloved mother in order to remain together are plagued by a sinister presence in the sprawling manner in which they live. Right. So it's Oedipal. And I, I, I know I'd be, willing, <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that the there probably is an Oedipal aspect to it, but not in the sexual way, but in a, in a sense that they, it's probably some weird evil force, but they consider it their mother, so they're probably feeding it. Let's ask the intern why he said he was excited about a movie that has nothing but children in it. They're old enough. I'm the daddy. <laughs> they're, they're old enough. <laughs> no, that was perfect. <laughs> they're old enough. Come to daddy. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this because I think that they're hiding something or don't know how to handle, like this movie might have a weird tone that, that they don't know how to properly portray. And I sort of picked up on that, which is half why I like this movie. If it's just how it is, you're right. It could turn out to be like a cool thriller, maybe like a bear, like a mild supernatural horror. But I feel like there's something weird about this movie that they, they don't know how to advertise and they're hiding it. And I want to see it excited. Well, I think the actors and actresses there are pretty solid. In terms of like for it to be a bunch of kids to recognize all those kids is like pretty pretty solid. Yeah, it's like they it's like they spun off and focused on the family from Pumpkinhead. Jim Jim got the ball, go give it up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Don't have it, Andy. Thank you for making. <laughs> and we're good. Trailer number five tonight, Daniel is this one's this one's for everyone here, really, except you. Uh, it's for me as well. But I feel like everyone here that's not me may like this more than I do. But I appreciate this movie. I think it's something good to end on. It's kind of fun. Uh, tragedy Girls. All right. Tragedy Girls. Here we go. Sometimes I just feel like nothing I do matters. Like I'm not special. We only got one retweet today from your mom. Sad. 
we were just wondering if maybe you could give our blog a shout out. A shout out from me would be a little off brand. I have 15,000 followers. You know what that means, a community like this? More to the left. His heart's more to the left. You're just hitting the bone, dude. I'm trying. Mr. High is trending. I really hope nothing bad happened to him. It's like, poof. He vanished, right? Anybody could be next. Even you. You can find more information on our Tragedy Girls Twitter page. My charisma. Look into anything. Quick soundbite from the tragedy oh, world. Angie, you can't even this right now. Are you afraid that the killer will target you because of your infamous blog? We will not take any more shit from this serial killer. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Look amazing. Jeez. Michaela? Shit. Damn it, okay. I'm sorry. Stay in character. But it's a matter of life and death. You bitches are crazy! We <laughs> used to be the same, you and me. Do you remember our first time? I just want to know, what's next for the Tragedy Girls? Flow day. I don't know if that's not how that works, right? End it on a menstruation joke. Uh, who do I start off with on this one? Who's the biggest girl on the show? Amanda, worried or excited? <laughs> God, I I feel like I'm being such a grump tonight. I know that I'm supposed to be excited about this movie and like it and think it's funny and cute and you know, whatever, but I don't really, I, it's number one, these girls are clearly not 16. These girls are clearly, obviously in their early 20s. And as I've become an adult, I know the difference between those two things and it irritates me. Um, I'm so disgusted by social media that I don't even find it funny. Like I don't even find it charming or, or, or funny that we are so addicted to social media and so I can't even engage in it. And um, there's nothing about this is that that's scary or pulls me into the things that I like about horror. To me, it's just a whatever movie. Worried. Hmm. Intern? Um, this reminds me of a different movie that came up once called Hashtag Horror. This is the better Hashtag Horror, I, pr I and guarantee it. throughout this whole thing, I was like, you know, it looks like this is from hashtag horror, but done better. Yeah. Oh, it looks like this is from hashtag horror, but done better. Oh, that was funny. This looks like it was from hashtag horror, but done better. So I'm expecting a much better version of hashtag horror here. And uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll say I am loathsome of hashtag horror, ready for something better, excited. You almost verbatim stole my perspective on this film. Nathan? I want more comedy horror so when i see it i gotta give it the trailer park podcast bump right amanda brings up some interesting points yes they're both in their 20s i also got a little bit turned off by this um the the blonde girl in the trailer on her imdb pro page 
She's got one of these ageist responses under age range. They don't tell you what her age is. They just say performs ages 16 to 20 and underweight one pound. That's really bugging me. Yeah. I want to give her a burrito and say calm down. Super fucking pretentious. She's in the Exorcist TV series. Uh, she's in Deadpool 2. She's in the first Deadpool. Is she Aqua Teen nuclear weight? What's she that got skinny yeah. and taller. Yeah, she's her rocket boost bitch or whatever. She's probably the same height, but she, yeah. Fuck that bitch. No, I'm hardcore worried. <laughs> oh. Her name is Brianna Hildebrand. Hildebrand. <laughs> and she's 21 years old. And the other one's 26 years old. Yeah, the other one looked way older. Yeah, the one looked way older. <laughs> yeah, I was like, 21, well, Amanda's kind of right. And then 26, well, fuck, she's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, Craig Robinson is in there. And I do like, uh, what's his name, Josh Hutcherson. Like, it's kind of off brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it looks fun. I, I don't know. This is... Daniel's pointed this out in the past. This is where the trouble with having worried and excited as the only two things you can say causes consternation. Because I am happy that this is a that there's a comedy horror and it looks like they're executing it and it looks fun. But Amanda brings up some good points and I feel like my hesitation should result in a worried when I started out thinking I was excited. And Daniel put this up here for us, and that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna say that now I'm worried <laughs> yeah he put this up as what he thought would be a gimme no but we're an, like I, no we're more elevated now with our horror no I'm gonna be a gentleman and I I, I played a role <laughs> I pushed for this to be on the lineup and now I'm Ooh. now I feel like I feel shame I felt shame earlier and I feel more shame <laughs> <laughs> I'm shameful Nathan the shameful I'm shamed is that a worried Nathan I'm shamed. Shamed. I'm ashamed, worried from Nathan. <laughs> yes, I am now. I am now worried, was excited. Yeah. You bring a tear to my eye, Amanda. Sorry, Annie. No, I did this for you guys and all of your answers. They're not, they don't hurt me. They make me feel warm inside because you see it too. There's something annoying <laughs> in this movie and it's strong. There's an 85% chance this movie's going to be very annoying. It's a 15% chance it might have some sort of weird workaround replay value, like Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. That's a possibility. Like I said, though, 15% chance. I don't think I'm going to like this movie and might find myself rolling my eyes more often than laughing. It probably will, though. I bet it does have a handful of hilarious scenes. I think that might be all that it has. I'm also worried about Tragedy Girls. Eighty-eight. 88. Fuddy duddies. Line up. Ladies and gentlemen, transgenders, LGBTQIA+, uh, cool couple thousand. I think <laughs> that would double it. Yeah, probably. Cool 10 million. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the roundtable. 
where we discuss the burden list and the archive update. We usually hand things over to the intern to help guide us through what a burden list is, um, you know, what we what, what we normally do in this situation. Even though we've done it eighty eight times, we we kind of need we kind of need to be repetitive because that's a part of the process. Intern. Oh, the burden list is a list of items that needs to be appreciated and require the insight and understanding of a gentleman in order to be removed from the list. Mm. So, if I break it down, you mm. guys bend each other over, force each other to watch movies, then go down on each other and talk about what happened. Hmm. Is that that makes it seem like up? we just watch movies and then fuck each other. Yeah. I thought you did. When really, what we try to do is um, force each other to appreciate what the other person appreciates. So therefore, it's it's a gentleman cycle, uh, perhaps sometimes a little bit vicious, but sometimes gentle. Uh, when certain people start to uh, become self-entitled, they get their own burden list full of Sasquatch movies. Uh-huh. Uh, you working your way through those? Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that during yeah. the next segment. You were told to watch Harry and the Hendersons uh, last time. Yes. Oh, that's a joy. Yeah, that is a joy. <laughs> Was yeah. it? John Lithgow is a treasure. He is a treasure. He's a fucking treasure. Now, Speaking what? Of that, I may as well just jump in here. I watched Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so we can take this one off the list. I watched about 30 minutes with Luigi, uh, my sister Christina, and their child nico and uh promptly fell asleep then they went to bed and i rewound it to the spot i fell asleep and finished watching the movie and it had some funny moments had some funny moments it's not that great but i'd probably watch it again it is a workable family comedy that involves a sasquatch yeah the movie should be impossible yet there it is in fact i haven't seen it in so long that i should probably check it out again to to appreciate as a gentleman the quality that John Lithgow manages to bring out of that situation. Uh, GR, the gentleman rewatch. Mm, indeed, good, good uh, acronym there. We're gonna roll with that. Um, in turn, what happens first here, please? Uh, first, you guys give each other some options, and you uh, go up on each other. You add an additional movie to this ever engorged list. Okay. Um, would you like to select who goes first? Uh, Daniel, do you have some options for Nathan? I do have some options tonight, Nathan. Nathan, for you, I will allow you to choose for your next Burden List movie any one of the five mm. last year's Halloween lineup. I knew you were going to do this. I uh, I would ask Amanda to uh, assist me with the fact that I predicted this. Yep. Why five? Why five? Yes. Um, I am going to be choosing The Eyes of My Mother. Good choice. Best choice. Intern? Agreed. Okay. Um... You're doing a poor job. Oh, 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 I have a recommendation when you watch it. This okay. is how we watched it. All right, like okay. You get really added to it. Please, go well, You guys live basically in a cave anyway because you're kind of like half underground. Mm-hmm, yeah. At night, ev- all of the lights off. Okay. Really just let the little bit of white in a black and white movie really draw you in. Candles? Sure. Okay. I think that would add to Can- it, yeah. Candles behind? Yes, a little, a little illumination. Okay. Yeah. And no more, but definitely up until two glasses of wine apiece okay so start drinking as the movie starts or finish yeah, the it, second as glass starts, yeah. as it starts yes have it have a glass of wine okay no eating right you don't mm. want to be you don't want to be sloshed and tired you want to be like loose. no crunching this is great this is great we should do more of this like an instruction on how to watch 
That's good stuff. Naked, totally naked. <laughs> That's good stuff. Gentle, g- gently having lazy sex. Yeah. You're yeah. not really into it, but it's happening. Right. right. You're not swimming in the pool, but you're taking a dip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eyes of my mother up. Uh, Daniel, are you ready for your options? I am. Okay. Oh. Dan, we're going to be doing something a little bit different tonight. Um, it's uh, it's a little bit divisive, but I'm sure that you'll appreciate the directness of it. Uh, Daniel, uh, your number one option is, do you trust me? Your number two option is, do you respect me? And your number three option is, you don't trust or respect me. These are just general phrases that I have to choose from? I'm saying that from a gentleman, cousin to cousin, um, you know... Bond? Bond slash... Um, Kinship? Kin- good word. Um, intimacy. <laughs> Get into you guys are going up and down on each other, so... <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm asking straight up. Do you trust me? If you trust me, I'll give you a movie that is based on that that statement do you respect me if you respect me i'll give you a movie that mirrors that statement and if you don't trust or respect me i'll give you a movie that res- that reflects that statement i respect you daniel <laughs> you have chosen nocturnal animals <laughs> hey, hey, jakes? Jake. hey, three jakes? hey jake. <laughs> because it's jake in a movie that i think you will appreciate thoroughly should Jake Gyllenhaal be in a remake of Two Jakes? Speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, intern, what happened in episode 87 that's uh, relatable at this moment? I don't know what happened in 87 that's relatable at this point. Uh, Daniel was instructed that if he listened oh, right. to... Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Jesus. Uh, yeah, God I know. damn it. Daniel, you had the option to have a movie removed from your burden list if you had listened to a podcast and come back with some poignant conversation about your new appreciation or if you had new appreciation for jake gyllenhaal did this happen yeah that makes me really sad because (laughs) i absolutely could have done that and planned to have done that and did not do that 100 (laughs) percent forgot the list stays as is i don't think i think that night of that podcast i was like oh fucking easy there's a podcast all day i'll just throw this in there and then, nope, never thought of it since. Well, because Sorry. I'm because I'm a gentleman, that offer will push. So it's oh, interesting. Okay, it's available. You will forget again immediately. <laughs> Save me <laughs> by myself. I will. I will help you. Right. What is the po- What is it that they have to listen to? The Jake Gyllenhaal podcast. I have the link. Some it's like probably yeah. a thousand messages up in our conversation. That's the thing. You can't. <clears throat> I'll reissue it on a daily basis. Send it to me. <laughs> All right, I'll send it to Amanda. Every day on the hour, send send it to my handler. I, I wouldn't can't, even I can't care for myself. I wouldn't even be offended if you skip over the part where he talks about stronger, but get to his IMDb breakdown because Bill Simmons goes through actors' uh, IMDb's with them when he interviews them. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll 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 give it some true attention. I'll try to really understand what it's like to want to have sex with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, get a clamp for those butt cheeks. Because I'm a gentleman. I wish I knew how to quit you. Okay. All right, Nathan. Mm. Did you watch a movie this week? I did. What movie did you watch this week? I watched, in honor of the all-horror lineup, I watched... All Geist. Uh, Session 9. Ah. 
Ooh. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if I thought Serial Mom might pop out. Uh, that was that was on the radar, but I went with Session Nine because it's more. I think more of a pure horror than yes. Serial. Yeah. Um, I believe that Amanda assisted with guiding this one onto my burden list. Um, I think I have some some points here to cover that I want to talk about. First of all, Brad Anderson, who directed this movie, I had no idea who he was. And when I looked up his, like, I watched the movie, and then I looked up his name, and I was like, holy shit, he's done The Machinist and Trans-Siberian. And both of those movies I love. So I wasn't surprised that after I watched it and enjoyed it, um, that he was connected to those two movies. It made a lot of sense. Um, the atmosphere of psychological horror, this movie, uh, uses a lot of elements in it. Um, such as the audio distortion, uh, the, mm-hmm. char- the character that is listening to the different sessions and how those audio, like old school, like tape ribbon recordings um, distort and... Like slow down and yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't just, he he makes the, char- he shows you the character listening, but then he makes the audio distortion uh, overlay over top of the other events that are happening in the old mental institution that these guys are asbestos removal contractors for yeah and that's another thing too is that the location that's that's one of the challenges of horror that i talked about earlier where these benchmarks get set about certain things and one of them is locations as well and a mental institution is so on the nose like you know oh a bunch of kids go to a mental institution overnight and you know they get uh, fucked up by the experience what was that movie we watched i guess that wasn't a mental institution um but i see that location often yeah, and, oh, yeah. In terms of horror, yeah, mental, a mental or an asylum. Yeah, is yeah. like super on the nose. Yeah, for sure. Right. So it's it's difficult to choose that setting and then succeed with it. And this movie does succeed with it. And where did they get that location from? Because that seems like it would cost a lot of money to choose that location. I gotta think the exterior has nothing to do with the interior because the. Yeah, that, that's an interesting observation that you make too because I think that's kind of why the on-the-nose asylum works well in this movie is because there's like this safety normality feeling when they're like meeting up outside in the morning to go to work and everyone's like putting boots on and getting their equipment. But then when everyone goes to work inside throughout the day, they get separated and lonely and hypnotic. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, and I related to the um, the machinist experience I had as well where... I think he probably improved on this for The Machinist, but where he manages to psychologically... Um, well, the, the atmosphere of, of the psychological horror is uh, delivered to the audience in a very involving way, where you are... It's it's a little bit, um, I want to say, like chaotic with how it's presenting itself, but it doesn't let the chaos get out of control. Like, it just... It still manages to stay on track and deliver like a, a discomforting psychological experience that still keeps you engaged. It's very, it's it's tough for me to um, articulate actually, but it's very involving. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, I was just gonna say the word like absorbing. Like you get, ah, you get yeah. pulled in really, really strongly. Like I, I won't say Session Nine's a perfect movie. There's definitely it kind of falls apart at the end. There's, there's, no, some, and there's I, some slow parts, but I feel like it nails a lot of creepy hypnotic moments. You're kind of watching the journey of this guy. Like it's it's like when I think about um, like rock bands. You know how they start out and they 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 put out like a few great albums when they first start, mm-hmm. and then they um, start to drift off after that. I feel like that's this director because oh. because he's you know 
Because what do we got here? We got um, a lot of TV. Yeah, there's a lot of TV here to yeah, sift through. Four episode arcs on God knows what show. Yeah, it's usually. But that. session session nine was relatively early on in his career, right? And that was 2001. And then the Machinist, 2004. If you if you've seen the Machinist, then you know that he took this this idea of absorbing, discomforting, um, like using those audio tapes overlaid over over top of the action to like involve you in this psychological horror experience and then taking that forward with the machinist and making you almost feel like you were going through this insomnia experience with christian bale and then trans-siberian was also very tight with with how it involved you in its in its very uh, twisty um complex um that, that that movie is more like people on a train uh getting into a situation they couldn't get out of and then that situation continued to spiral out of control and he he, he did a very good job of keeping it contained yeah, and the atmosphere of the like, yeah, misty snow alone in a train in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And then after those three like real like home runs, then he you know did Vanishing on Seventh Street with Hayden Christensen and oh, that's a bad one, right? And then the Call with Halle Berry, like it just fell off the rails. Oh, the Call with Halle Berry's tip top. Well, I'm just saying, like it kind of reads that way. Like he he came out and he just crushed it, and then fell away and i feel like i should keep an eye on this guy to see if he can come back he cause... might come back that that seven street vanishing on seven street movie that movie feels like a movie that had half its budget ripped away at the last minute like it looks in the halfway through the actors are just like shrugging at each other like ah, i'm sorry it's shit well there's something to be said here i just uh, i don't want to get too far away from session nine because i feel like i am but um, one of the movies he's doing coming up is called The Dwarf, and it's about a Machiavellian dwarf in a medieval Italian court bringing the kingdom to the brink of ruin by manipulating the prince he serves. And it stars Peter Dinklage. So yeah, that that could be his comeback, potentially. And I see what you're saying in the Rotten Tomato reviews. Um, the The criticism is like, always starting out positive, like great setting in search of decent horror um, but didn't pull it off or failed at the end or you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel like it failed. I think I would have given it a positive review instead yeah. of a uh, negative one. Yeah, same thing. And I think just in the horror genre in general, maybe just me because I'm just used to the, the genre. E- endings in horror are so fucking hard. So hard. Because they can't live up to whatever tension or fear that you've built and nothing's going to be satisfying because people either want like a perfect ending that like blows their mind or they want something that leaves it open for a sequel and gives you a little wink. Mm-hmm. So it's very tough. I'm usually leaning on endings for horror movies. So yeah. if they do nail it, it's like oh, an extra number almost in rank just for that. And plus with horror, you have to keep in mind how many how much resources did they have? It was early in his career. Like it's probably really impressive what he did with what he had. And he casted it very well, managed to take advantage of a few actors that were probably a little cheaper than they would have been you know five to ten years after this right and it's also like csi miami i can't stand caruso session nine i love caruso that's the thing is that i sit there and i think when i saw david caruso i was like dude did you did you really hate csi miami like did you really hate it or was your like pretentious early 20s self just being a dick could you could you go back and just like have a caruso marathon and like wear sunglasses while you watch CSI Miami and get real into it. <laughs> that was a that was a thought in my brain. 
<laughs> I'm being serious. Like a Caruso celebration. Like watch start off with watching Jade, you know? Yeah, Jade. <laughs> start off with Jade and then get into like a marathon of CSI Miami. Just get real into it. So would you watch it again? Actually, yeah, I would. And I would try to bring Chelsea in to watch it as well. Because I think it really did a, a lot of, like, 90% of it's really well done. Josh Lucas is in there, too. Yeah, he's, like, looking for those coins and shit. Yeah, no, it's it's solid. And I, you know, the fact that I, I love Trans-Siberian and I really appreciate The Machinist, I don't know. It's just, I had a weird experience because I really liked it. And then I looked up his IMDb and I was like, fuck. It's that guy. Oh, it's shit. that guy. God damn it. <laughs> I really like this. Great. Well, I'll go ahead and cut off the intern here. And because I watched four movies, I did not watch a burden list movie. I understand that I get an extra one tacked on there and take a bunch of heat and criticism, blah, blah, blah. I did this for the show. Oh, man. I feel like I should like. Oh, you watched all the other ones, right? He watched all those other ones. I feel like something should come down as as a gentleman. I think think you you should just just stay. You could just stay. I watch five movies every week, so... I think that's a that's a safe stay bet. Right, right now the intern's like, oh, you watched four fucking movies, cry me a river. <laughs> this is my life. It's been my life for a year. Yeah. Here, why don't we do something? Why don't we let Amanda take one down? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I think that it's fair. If, if Amanda passes the game later, then... Is there a game for me? Then, then she can take one down. Okay. From Both you lists? or Daniel. Oh, she gets to choose. Mm. That's evil. Okay. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, then you need to get into your game, right? And in order to do that, you need an intro, don't you? I guess so. Um, do you want to be embarrassed or do you want to be celebrated? Depends. It depends? Yeah. I'm wearing them. You can play whatever you want. <laughs> Wait, did Hunting the Legend, did Intern put that on your list? Yeah, yeah. he fucking did. Oh, of course he did. That's, that's the reason he has a Sasquatch burning list. <laughs> 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 she loves that. <laughs> yeah. uh... Oh man! So, okay. Amanda, you, if you decide to take a movie off of Nathan's, there is a stipulation that you can't remove a movie. Hunting Legend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if Hunting the Legend comes down, then his his uh, Sasquatch burden list disappears. <laughs> yeah, oh, it will. <laughs> what is art? All right, ladies, I hope you brought protection because Andrew the intern is here and he's going to put the update in you. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best one. <laughs> it's been a while. That's my favorite um, as well, for sure. All right, we're going to compare last year's horror episode to the previous year's horror episode. So we are comparing Nathan and Daniel. Normally, I get Daniel to give me his opinion on these horror movies, but he doesn't have an opinion for this. It's all you, Amanda. So. <laughs> so, so little Bigfoot is on Intern's Burden List, and I thought it was my left foot, and I was like, he loves that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love that movie. That's awesome. Uh, oh. All right, so what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you the name of the each movie, and you're going to guess which one I liked more. Okay. So for the, the headliners, we had The Greasy Strangler. Okay. Versus Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Scout's Guide. Okay. For the second trailer, we had Love Witch versus Bone Tomahawk. Ooh, Bone Tomahawk. Okay. For the Fulcrum, which I feel like we might have taken a step back from this year. 
as being the best movie each year. The Eyes of My Mother versus The Witch. Ooh. Uh, which one did Intern like better? Both strong contenders. Uh, I a, think that, Intern like the, the Witch more. That is an intense battle. Yes, it is an intense battle. You also got that one correct. Good job. All right. Next up, we got Ouija. Because Ouija, there should really be an E or an I on the end. The word doesn't make any sense. Versus the compilation Tales of Halloween. What? What is that? Tales, Tales of Halloween, Halloween was like 10. Like 10 episode. Oh. oh. Ouija. Okay. And last, Fear Inc. versus Lumberjack Man. Shit. The slasher pancake movie. What was Lumberjack about? It's this uh, slasher who makes uh, maple syrup with people's blood. That sounds Canadian. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound Canadian. Canadian slasher? Jesus Christ. It's racist. Uh, It's fucking racist. Lumberjack man. Sweet. All right. I'm going to call this. I think you got five out of five. (laughs) <laughs> I think you nailed it. So which which lineup do you think I liked more? Nathan's or Daniel's? Obviously mine. Yeah, Nathan's. Nathan's. So between uh, Greasy Strangler and Scout's Guide, I would have picked Greasy Strangler. The rest you got correct. Oh, really? Really? Scout's yeah. Guide's that bad. It's just, it's bullshit. No, no. At least Greasy Strangler is like fucked up during parts which made me uncomfortable which is a portion of a good horror movie yeah the scout's guide is fine but i agree i'd probably choose this greasy strangler as well nice yeah bone tomahawk was better and the witch is the witch and bone tomahawk that's the only reason that Mm -hmm. this was as strong as it was because i love those two movies like yeah look at that look at that selection for that year though yeah it was really good yeah well also the witch came out the next year Oh, <laughs> it didn't come out. When well, the they, witch. I I I found out about the witch, and I I violated release dates pretty hardcore to put it as the fulcrum because I thought it deserved it because it was so cool looking. It was cool. I did like the witch. I think. I didn't. I was the one person that didn't like the witch. But yeah, but I wasn't like as strong as most people. But I didn't like. I didn't were not probably, like it as much as you. Yeah, you were way more neutral on it. Yeah. Well, so I, I think I might have chosen the eyes of my mother over the witch. Very well made yeah. movie. It just didn't appeal to me. Right. Well, I mean, the words slow burn in Amanda's world basically means, you know, put a gun in your mouth and kill yourself. And that, in that movie, it translates to a tumultuous decrease of uh, voluminosity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, Amanda, you've won. You won the game. You can choose a movie to take off of anyone's burden list. Oh, in- including yours. Anyone's burden list. So she, so she could take down Little Big Man or Little Bigfoot. Or letters from the big man. I'm so... This is a harder decision than you'd think. I I hated Poultry Guy so much (laughs) that I'm tempted to remove it for Nathan. But then I'm like, well, his his own girlfriend didn't do him that courtesy. That's true. So perhaps it should stay so they can enjoy it for U.S. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thanks killing. (laughs) The thanks, Night of the Chicken Dead. Thanks. So thanks killing is another oh, it's a different Thanksgiving movie. horror. Okay. 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 Um, I am tempted to take down my left little Bigfoot. What? That's that. <laughs> no, that stays. But, no matter what. But I think it has to stay. Um, Daniel wants me to take brothers off the list. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. 
But since Nathan was being so gentlemanly in his original offer to remove a movie, I don't think I should take Brothers away. So. Jesus Christ. We've got Moonlight Special, Colossal. What is Star Crash? Uh, that's no, nobody knows. That's something that he'll want. Seventies sci-fi. That's, that's something he wants. Oh, it's a boob movie. Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> like uh, Hell or High Water. I actually want to see that. That stays. I'll, is- I'll say this. I'll say that Colossal and Midnight Special. I think should stay for sure. Even regardless of whatever feelings you have about Anne Hathaway, I think that both of you will end up enjoying Colossal. Okay. What is Loved of? It's Live and Die in L.A. Live and Die in L.A. I actually haven't seen that one. That was a non-watch. It's the same director as the yeah, it's Jack Nicholson movie. Was no, it's it's it's, it's no, it's Friedkin. It's The Exorcist director. Oh yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah, I was like, okay. I fucking I know this movie for some reason. Now, intern, put Zootopia up there. Yeah, Zootopia. I have t- I have two on your list. Does Zootopia need to be appreciated? I mean, yeah. really. Should be. I mean, really. And I wouldn't be offended. You. I wouldn't be offended. For the record, I wouldn't be offended if Brothers came off. Just because it's Napo and Gyllenhaal and Toby. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a heavy one. What is Ark on Nathan's list? Oh, that's a sci-fi movie that Daniel put up there from Netflix. It's a Groundhog Day subgenre movie. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> if right. you take Nathan something off mine and leave. Uncharacteristically nice, Brothers is coming down. Ah, ah, there you go. Success. There you go. Good and Nocturnal Animals is a much better Gyllenhaal movie for Especially you to appreciate. Especially since you got a new Gyllenhaal movie. <laughs> right. It's got, <laughs> there's no poor man in that one. Yeah. So. That, that's, that's a, that's a Jilly. Come on, help me out here. That, that's a, that's a Jilly Dilly. That's a, a Jilly Willy? A Jilly, uh, a Jilly. You got I'm some sorry. Willy on your Jilly? Turn have a Bigfoot lineup. Because he dared to put this. <laughs> And I watched the one and only Bigfoot movie that I'll be watching on there. Um, I do plan to watch. I do plan to watch Creature from the Black Lagoon or Blue Lagoon, whatever that is. Because Shape of Water is based off of it. I downloaded it already, and I was really hoping Chelsea would pick that for me. Yeah, it's, it's an original Universal Monsters movie, so that's that's good. But legally, seven you give him seven Sasquatch movies. He he downloaded Creature from the Black Lagoon legally. Did I say that? I'm just adding that you did it legally. Mm. Just letters from the big man. Oh, oh God. It looks so good. The second last one, I watched all the trailers. The second last one looks uh, like I could watch it. <laughs> yeah, that one looks like it's going to be fucking stupid, but in a fun way, maybe. Yeah. Harry the Hendersons is one of those 80s cocaine movies where you're like, how does this exist and how is it watchable? But it is. <laughs> Legend of yeah. Boggy Creek, that could go... I don't know where I that love, going. I love how fucked up he looks in the water. Yeah, he's all like hunched over. His arms super long. Little Bigfoot, that's going to be an atrocity. Child actors and an animal actor and a midget in a suit interacting with child actors. Oh, this is going to be tough. Oh, it's going to be good. Might be the best one on the list, though. Capture oh. a Bigfoot? I don't know. It looks like some weird tripped out 70s shit like uh king kong yeah it does look like king kong nathan gets to see the shape of the water with us in the alamo because that's that's when it comes out it's truth Mm. it's truth you get to eat a pizza truth that's nice Mm -hmm. indeed and that's it ladies and gentlemen for uh episode 88 the horror episode for 2017 Again, we continue to push the limits. We continue to deliver exceptional lineups. And you continue to listen to us because we are incredibly entertaining and charming. Um, 
Anyone else have anything to say before we uh, before we vacate? I have such sights to show you. Oh, wait. I uh, watched Blade Runner 2049, and I confronted people in the theater who were talking, and they left. <laughs> and I felt like I should have like got a slow, ca- a slow clap celebration afterwards, but I didn't. I was very satisfied by the fact that they left. I was a super big dick. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Special Halloween edition of TPP brought to you by Sad Sack Studios. Yes. Uh, yes, the mothership, sadsackstudios.com. Please visit. Please check out everything we do. Um Follow me at TPR Podcast. Follow Daniel at 100 Lunatics or at Sadsack Studios. And follow the intern if you want to, I don't know, for whatever reason that you might do something like that. Yeah, it's like hate watching a television show. Yeah, basically, yeah. At the intern TPP. And thank you for joining us, and good night. Come to daddy.